This is an ABC podcast. I bet you have a favourite colour or a favourite flower or song, but do you have a favourite parasite? I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Occam's Razor, a soapbox for science. This week's speaker has a favourite kind of parasite, although she does study parasites for a living, so maybe that makes a bit more sense. The bad news for the rest of us who don't spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff, Shakufe Shamsi's favourite parasites live in many Australians' favourite food. As you can tell by my accent and by my appearance, I am an immigrant. Often when I am in the community, for example, watching sport and that sort of things, people approach me and ask me who I am, what do I do, and that sort of things. My favorite question is, what do I do for a living? Because when I say I work on parasites, they get hooked. They really want to talk to me. <laughs> no one, especially in big cities, expects parasites to be present in Australia. People subconsciously associate parasites with developing countries, poverty, and poor socioeconomic background, not with a developed country like Australia, which is shiny, clean, and beautiful. The truth is that in any place on Earth, there are more parasites than non-parasites, and Australia is no exception. Parasites are everywhere. Some of them are quite small, and most of them are inside the body of animals, so it's very, very difficult to see them. People usually become more interested in the conversation when I tell them I have favorite parasites. And my favorites are fish parasites. Most people I talk to are surprised to learn fish have parasites. People usually think fish have no parasites and are quite safe to eat, as they are, as you get them from the water. They also believe that wild fish they catch from ocean or river are safer than farmed fish. Or if they buy fish from market, they think that they're buying Australian products, whereas 83% of what you find in fish markets are imported. I find this is enough surprise for them, and I don't tell them that of this 83% imported product, we mainly import from countries that have very, very nasty parasites in their fish, those that can even infect consumers. I stop there. <laughs> it is 20 years since I made Australia my home. During this time, I have done research on parasites from a wide variety of animals from all the states and territories in Australia, including those that infect humans. Today, I'd like to tell you about my favorite one, parasites in fish. The first thing I found in Australia is that the way fish are examined here for parasites are completely inefficient. For example, all reports about fish parasites or their absence in fish are based on visual examination of fish. All those decisions you are uh, seeing are talked about in the media and things about healthy fish and non-healthy fish comes from visual examination of fish. People who are in charge of fish health or fish safety check fish visually for presence of parasites. If they can't see anything, then fish is reported being safe and healthy. That is what I used to do myself too when I first came to Australia. Then it was one hot summer day in Wagga Wagga. Uh, 
very hot, and I was examining carp for parasites with one of the research students. After a while, we took a lunch break, and when we returned, I realized the microscope was left on. You can imagine the smell and everything in the lab. And usually, this makes me very displeased. But that day, I noticed that there were hundreds of microscopic worms emerging from the fish tissue, a fish that we were about to record as being free from parasites. I was really captured. I was, you know, like amazed by what I saw. Fish are cold-blooded animals. Their body is too cold for baby parasites. So they, when they get to the fish, they just stay there and they just hide inside the tissue. When fish is eaten by its natural predators, like cormorants and pelicans, these baby parasites find a warm environment. They feel safe and they start to emerge and they come out. And I think that's exactly what happened under the microscope on that day. This provided opportunity for us to see those parasites on that day and collect them. Based on this serendipitous event, I developed a more efficient method for detection of parasites in fish tissue. And then this method led to finding many more parasites which were previously overlooked in Australian fish. To date, I have discovered 37 new species of parasites that previously were completely unknown to scientists. And in really vulnerable or important animals like hammerhead sharks, like marlins, and many others. This suggests there must be many more parasites out there that they just have to be discovered one day. I also found some highly invasive parasites that silently pass Australia's tough biosecurity borders. One of these culprits that have bypassed Australia's biosecurity and made regional Australia home is a very, very nasty parasite that usually lives inside the stomach of fish-eating birds. This nasty parasite actually just burrows into the stomach, make a hole, just goes completely out and even can go to the body cavity of the bird. And when it does that, it obviously kills the bird too. What we found is we found many of these parasites also in native fish in the Marie Darling Basin. And we also found that these parasites heavily infect native fish, like Marie Cod, for example, make these fish very sick and kills them. Also, if the fish survives, it is lucky enough to survive, the parasite goes to different parts of the body of the fish. And as I told you earlier, it just hides in the body of the fish because it's not really warm enough for it. And it goes to places like reproductive system and make the fish infertile. So even if it doesn't kill the fish, it, has, it plays role in declining the population of the fish. And also, if the fish is consumed by human, it comes to human and infects human. And this particular parasite is known that its population increases when there are man-made changes into the environment. Things like agricultural activities, increased fertilizers in the water, and no doubt drought and bushfires that we had also played role in increased population of the parasite. Based on these examples, it is easy to become pessimistic about consuming fish. But fish is a food with a high nutritional value and should form part of our diet. So if you had fish for dinner, well done. Let's not forget that many food, including vegetable or red meat, can contain parasites. And some have much nastier parasites than fish parasites. 
everyone knows consuming raw or unwashed vegetable or meat can cause certain diseases. That's why our food chain supplies is fully equipped to detect any pathogen in these food products. When it comes to seafood, it's not that the parasites are more dangerous. It is simply that there is less awareness about seafood parasites in Australia. The part of my research which resulted in detecting a number of invasive parasites in inland Australia, far away from Australian borders, show there are significant gaps in our biosecurity measures and protocols. This also raises very important questions. For example, how many other parasites and pathogens came to Australia through those gaps? Unfortunately, Australia does not have enough scientists who work on parasites. And we do not invest enough in research on the parasites of humans, wildlife, and aquatic animals. For example, we did a study in Australia to see how many reports of human infections with seafood parasites are at there. So I looked at publications between 1950 to 2010. How many reports do you think are out there? In a country that is surrounded by water, Everyone loves fish. You walk in any street, anywhere in Australia, you find Japanese restaurant next to Spanish, next to Italian, all sorts of dishes and cuisines that serve raw fish, undercooked fish, or whole fish is served. How many human cases of infection with fish parasites? Over 60 years. None. So I thought that is impossible. It can't be right. So I kept reading, and I went through really, really old articles. I went beyond 1950, way back, where there is no digitized articles out there. And anyhow, I found that actually at, during the early 20th century, Australia used to be on forefront of science of parasitology. We had really, really important scientists who their findings and their publications made changes worldwide, globally. But then they retired, they passed away, and with them, the knowledge and everything have gone. And the investment into research of parasitology shifted to other areas of research. Parasites became orphaned. To the extent that even today, in Australian medical school, they hardly teach anything about parasites in humans in Australia. So if you get sick after eating fish and you go to the doctor, most likely they're going to tell you you just got food poisoning, whereas you might have parasites in you. Here in Australia, it is vital that we take the available information and harness it in order to affect practical management measures for fish health for seafood safety in our rapidly changing world. That was Professor Shakufa Shamsi, a taxonomist at Charles Sturt University, speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at Smith's Alternative in Canberra in May. I'm Tegan Taylor, your Occam's Razor host, and I'll be infecting your feed with another scientist next week. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.